Hey nerds, welcome to the Captain's Quarters, a Star Trek rewatch podcast where we are rewatching the entire Star Trek catalog, starting at the beginning of the timeline. Today we're talking about Star Trek Enterprise season two. Um, what does which episode is this? Episode seven. It's seven. Yeah, I got confused. Oh, oh, oh no, no, no! It's called. The no, seventh. but it's also the seventh it's episode. It's also the seventh yeah, episode. That, okay. That's that's why I got confused because yeah, 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 it's yeah. called the seventh, yeah. and it's uh, the seventh episode. Um, directed by David Livingston, written by Rick Berman, Brandon Braga. It's always exciting. Always Wait. exciting. My name's Gabe. Make so, Jason. Captain on the bridge. So, uh, Jason. Let's do the abbreviated synopsis, yep. okay, and then yep. we'll talk about it. Yep, absolutely. Make it so. T'Pol gets hailed by the Vulcan High Command. She has to go on a mission. Uh, she tells Archer what's going on. So we find out that T'Pol, before she joined the science directive, she was part of the Ministry of Defense? Yeah. Something like it's that. It's kind of like a spy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 17 years ago she completed this training and she worked for this ministry and the backstory is that there was a a planet a system that uh the vulcans wanted to it, it th- this planet um was full of crime the vulcans wanted to get rid of the crime yeah they sent some undercover agents uh, to the planet and these agents got surgery they they got rid of their pointy ears and they put like a ridge on their on their brow and they were successful in sort of ridding this planet of crime um once these agents were called home 19 of them stayed behind uh they were corrupted i guess from the crime so that was 30 years before this episode. So 17 years prior to this episode, when T'Pol completed her training with the ministry, she was assigned um, a couple of these agents and she was supposed to go basically um, capture them and bring them back to, to Vulcan. And so uh, when she went, um, so by by the way the the main one that she was going to get um was uh played by bruce davidson who plays a fugitive called menos i recognize bruce davidson mm-hmm. uh, from a couple things but anyway so menos is a pretty bad guy um he was smuggling um uh bio biochemical sort of weapons biotoxins yeah mm-hmm. yeah and so to paul um got within 10 meters of him she's chasing him through the forest there was another uh double agent so to speak that was with menos who as to paul was chasing them he fell down and reached for his pistol and to paul shot him and killed him seemingly reached for his pistol right seemingly seemingly and so T'Pol was pretty shaken up by this and so she actually went to Pajem and basically they performed a ritual called uh, Fulara 
which is a treatment where they basically like repress um, memory and emotions. So she actually repressed all this stuff until she was hailed in this episode. Um, and basically they said, hey, we located Menos and we, you know, it's a matter of honor that you basically complete your mission, your unfulfilled mission. And so they say they, the Vulcans reach out to Starfleet and they say, uh, you know, Enterprise needs to go to this system. Uh, T'Pol's going to need a shuttle pod for uh, three to five days and a pilot. Uh, you're going to go to the system. She's going to go to a specific planet to go capture this Menos guy. So T'Pol tells Archer all of this and says, will you come with me? I need someone I can trust. They go to this system, uh, and it's a sort of icy system. It's like snowing, and um, it's it's on a moon. It's called uh, Pernaya Prime, and they find Menos in like a tavern. They arrest him. He's able to like escape, and um, gets onto his ship, and they they chase him to his ship, but. One thing that about this is that like because of the nature of the Falara and the memory repression, T'Pol doesn't quite know what's real because Menos basically plants in her mind like, hey, I'm an innocent man. I'm just like transporting these like spent, um, s spent, uh, what were they? Pl plasma plasma shells or something yeah mm -hmm. yep exactly. you know so basically i'm not i'm not smuggling biotoxins i'm just like transporting. i'm just trying to provide yeah. something for my for right. my, a life for my family right yeah i'm just yeah. i'm just a transporter i'm an innocent man and basically i wanted out of the vulcan life but the vulcans obviously weren't okay with that and they're basically framing me and, and telling they told you that i'm like this dangerous criminal but the reality is is like i'm just an honest man with the family trying to make money um and the and same thing with the guy that you killed and so that really messes with T'Pol by the way that guy she killed was named Jelson uh -huh. yep. and um so he really gets into T'Pol's head and but it turns out though so he goes to his ship um turns out he was lying and they do find biotoxins on the ship after a brief gun battle they apprehend him and, um, you know, deliver him to the Vulcans. And, you know, to Paul and Archer basically, well, we can talk about that later, but that's pretty yeah. much the episode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what do you think, man? Loved it. Loved it. Loved. This is one of those Star Trek episodes where... You know, unlike Marauders, where it was, you know, um, Western shoot 'em up kind of style, this was very much one of my uh, favorite episodes so far, just because of the twists. And for a t for a time, I'm like, yeah, I believe you. I, you know, I was sympathetic to, yeah, you know, what Menos was trying to do, and Bruce Davidson, all credit to him for his his acting. Um, yeah, he made that character believable and made me sympathetic and said you know basically you know messing with her yeah you know 
yes, I, I'm, I'm sure my, a little bit of naivete came, you know, through a little bit, mm-hmm. and uh, and he played on her killing, uh, you know, Jocelyn, um, whether you know he was actually going to pull his weapon or not. Um, but yeah, it was totally believable. Absolutely, I love this episode. Yeah, I totally agree. This Bruce Davidson, veteran actor, he did a great job. Totally believable. And then combined with the fact that she got this uh, Folara thing at Pajem, and yeah. we already established that Pajem is, you know, just a very sort of shadowy kind of, you know, uncertain place. Um, and just the Vulcan's conduct. You know, it doesn't seem to be beneath them to do something where they would like, for the quote-unquote greater good, lie to T'Pol yeah. in order to, for a means to an end type thing and kind of send her on this mission uh, under sort of you know false premises. So yeah, and I, and and that's I'm great, and I'm grateful that you talked about that um, that you touched on that because I'm really I'm really excited that this fran- that this series is actually pulling the back pulling back on the curtains a little bit on the Vulcans and they're, you know, a little bit more, um, they're, uh, there's a little bit more gray area in the entire society. Um, you know, they're not beneath, they're not above, um, having spies and, you know, all these kinds of things that you, that I would have never, that I didn't think of before. Um, you know, you think of Sir. You think of, you think of Spock, and you think of um, Sarek, and you think of all these other Vulcan characters that were honorable, honorable, and and you know all about duty and um, responsibility and logic and things like that. And you just before this before this series, I would have never right. have thought about the the gray areas in the society. Right. I think this this uh, series does a great job delving into the gray areas with the yeah. Vulcans. Yeah. Yeah. Ma- Absolutely. Many times over throughout the two seasons we've watched so far. Yeah. And, you know, and we see T'Pol getting emotional. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. She gets frustrated in a couple of scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she really wants to pull the trigger and, uh, kill Menos and maybe not bring him back to Vulcan. Mm-hmm. You th- wait, you think she wanted to kill Menos? I do. I do. And, and, and in some ways, I do. I do. There was one scene where there was a look in her face and she had the her fi- you know, her finger on the trigger and Archer had to step in and say, hey, you know, mm. walk it back a little bit. Yeah, she definitely was getting heated. Um, but you know, it seemed like she wanted Archer there because she trusted him so that he could interpret the situation. If, if she needed to pull the trigger again, she would have someone there to like help her navigate the reality. Like, is this justified? Is this really happening? Whereas before she was on her own in the middle of some jungle or whatever. Right. And it didn't have very good consequences for her. So, um, so I, I just have some random thoughts. Yeah. Uh, so it seemed like a very expensive episode. Lots of production. Um, I loved the um, I loved the planet or the the moon. I guess it was, but uh-huh. um, 
you know, we didn't see that much of it. We just saw the the little station that they were on, on uh, Pernaya Prime, the moon. But, you know, it was an icy uh, moon, but it was acidic ice. Yeah. Um, so they go into the tavern, lots and lots of cool costume design, lots of aliens of different sizes and shapes. And, um, I think very Moss Eisley, very, very Moss Eisley space, yeah. spaceport, um, cantina, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. But, uh, I don't, I don't mind that it was maybe even derivative of that. Uh, okay. You know, I, I think they have to they have to do that once in a while like this is sure. this is a, a whole galaxy there's going to be millions possibly of species so yep um well uh so i like that you could tell it's big production like even like even um menos's ship you know just just with all the containers and stuff um so you you could tell it was like a big production episode. Uh, so I like that. Um, there are a couple of times though in the episode when I felt like they didn't explain things well enough. Like, sure. so like I said, there was acidic snow. Yeah. And then, you know, when they first arrested him in this like tavern, they're like, you can't leave because there's like an inch of, acid out there so right and they basically said um you're allowed to leave but you but you shouldn't because your feet will melt off right 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 so it's at one point when t'pol was heated and and menos was kind of getting in her head she wanted to see for herself these spent casings so she puts like straps on her feet and then runs over the acid out to the ship so that was fine i'm like okay whatever maybe the Maybe the acid isn't that strong. Yeah. Um, well, there was a line in there where it was like, you know, beca- you know, prolonged exposure, you will, but... Yeah. Yeah. It, I think it was just one of those throwaway lines. Yeah, and he, but he also said, um, it's going to take four hours for us to melt away this, this snow or whatever. I forget. He said we're going to thermo something at um, right. the deck. And so, uh, or where the ships are. We're gonna we're gonna basically heat oh, it up that's and, right. and melt yeah, that's up right. where that's all right. the ships that's are. That's right. That's right. Yep. So, fine. Whatever. Okay. So she puts straps on her feet, runs out to the ship, confirms in her mind in our and well, it it appears that yeah, this guy is just transporting these spent casings. Uh, later on, we find he was hiding biotoxins. But yep. anyway, she runs back to the tavern. Uh, later on. Because uh, when she gets back to the tavern, uh, Menos had escaped basically his his uh, his shackles. He goes back to his ship. Yep. All three, um, Archer, uh, Travis, Mayweather, and T'Pol run out there to a ship. Yep. And so, you know, see what I'm saying? I don't think four hours passed uh yeah no yeah and so so what was that all about like Uh, was there acid or was there not acid yeah i have no idea i don't know i mean i guess i guess we have to i couldn't say oh and it wasn't just them who ran out there because uh menos's method of escaping is he knocked over a table and it started a fire 
So the whole right. tavern evacuated, and, right. and everyone didn't just evacuate. They also ran out to their ships and left. Right. So they didn't explain, like, how are, how are all these people who didn't have straps on their shoes, how did they not get burnt by the acid? Yeah. It bumped me. Never know. Okay. I mean, I, I guess you just have to, like, say, like, okay, well, uh, that, that thermo method melted enough of the snow in the interim and everything was fine yeah because then also later on when they discover menos on the ship uh he basically tries to escape on on the platform and he's like you're not going to shoot me to paul and he basically walks away and she ends up shooting him in the back but they're standing on the platform where where this acid ice should have been right 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 so yeah yeah a minor thing uh, but it did it did bump me. Okay. I was also bumped by this sudden like spy background of T'Pol. You know, I I think it's fairly common for people who are like longtime government employees. It's not totally uncommon for them to have also served in the military, etc. Sure. So sure. it wasn't like this huge deal, but it seemed a little silly that this is just coming up. That T'Pol was this like highly trained like um jason Bourne, <laughs> james bond i don't know take your pick yeah, 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 yeah. Sp- special agent you know yeah um you know we've seen her we've seen that she's handy in combat and stuff but uh maybe i don't know yeah no i agree with you there was no inkling um that she had been and and again this goes back to my I think this goes back to a couple episodes ago where, oh, I think it was a night in sick bay where they, my complaint of them not establishing more of the characters and that's fine. Uh, and you know, and I guess it works for me because, you know, now we're getting to explore the background of the characters in these last couple of episodes mm-hmm. and they did not establish it in season one. And season one was much more of a kind of alien of the week original series kind of directive episode but yeah yeah it was it's interesting and i'm i'm wondering how far and again it peels back the layer of, of the onions of vulcan society if you will mm-hmm. and that we're getting to see more and more and more and more and you know now i'm not going to be surprised if they throw in you know vulcan separatists even more vulcan separatists than the ones oh, that right. tried to escape logic mm-hmm. You know, their logic, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw, you know, them touch on terrorism, uh, Vulcan terrorists, organizations, um, you know, things like that. So a little bit more of the seedy part of Vulcan society. Right. Well, and they they do seem to be, I mean, every society in the show seems um, more collectivistic than not. But they, the Vulcans especially so. So yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if there was some sort of required uh, service. Yeah, yeah. Some sort of mandatory... mandatory yeah, that wouldn't surprise me right. at all. That would not surprise me at all. Right. And and then we know that they live a lot longer than humans, so right. it's not a huge stretch that she would have sort of multiple sort of careers and stuff in in her long life so in your mind have you thought about if jocelyn did she kill him 
without reprieve. You know, she just overly. Are you are you saying that part of Falara was they planted the memory of him reaching for his gun? Yeah, and then maybe he didn't actually do it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Or the fact that that you know maybe it wasn't Falara, or you know, because in the end, you know, she does go to the captain and ask, you know, and they talk about how to repress, you know, these emotions and how she has to come to terms mm-hmm. um, with what she did, and maybe. You know, it was questionable. Maybe he, she did kill an innocent man. What do you think about that? Um, what were your thoughts? I, I, I personally, I, I think he did reach for his gun. I don't think oh, okay. she misremembered or that, and I don't, oh. I don't think the memory was planted. And only because oh. we, we know T'Pol really well. We know she's a good person, right? And she wouldn't just like, she's all you know she's constantly exercising caution and following protocol and clearly they would have a protocol of you know don't shoot first right right okay um so so you think that was partially menos playing with her again you know messing with her mind again messing yeah. with her memory okay yeah i do um you know i i think that um she wouldn't have shot if if he didn't reach that's just not who she is uh, what about you? What do you think? Yeah, you know, I'm a little, uh, I'm a little conflicted. Um, you know, because um, there has to be a reason for her to suppress that emotion and that memory to begin with. Mm-hmm. And you know, for me, I think it would be, I think it would be a lot of character building and I respect that if she did um and now she has to live with that she has to live with that the repercussions of that mm-hmm. um I and I wouldn't see her in a different light at all if that did happen and if that's the way that they wrote it to be that she did kill an innocent man and that he wasn't reaching for his his pistol but he was reaching for something else but at the same time knowing um knowing the the outcome i wouldn't be surprised you know because menos it did they did end up the episode did end up revealing that he was smuggling biotoxins so yeah well um sorry Um, sorry, hold on. Vicky's about to close the door. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, I, I see what you're saying. In, it de- definitely at the very end when she shoots him in the back on, on two fronts. So that, that also is another situation where I feel like they didn't explain because that obviously was on stun mode, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But but she was acting before, like she pulled the trigger. She was acting like it wasn't in stun mode that she was right. about to shoot him and kill him. Right. Um, but I like I didn't I didn't understand why they didn't explain why it wasn't in stun mode, or why they why they didn't explain that it was in stun mode, and they yeah. made they made us feel like she was about to like 
that that she was deciding whether you know she needed to like shoot on site shoot on site type thing um so i don't know that was another thing that bumped me just like the acid rain thing bumped me and just yeah. like the mm-hmm. the random backstory kind of bumped me but th- but then just sort of to your point just of like the fact that they had that sort of like um sort of moral quandary at the end there supports the idea that maybe she uh she did shoot the other guy as a you know he shoot on sight yeah he's an enemy of the state shoot him on sight type thing yeah uh because because obviously that last scene mirrored when she shot jocelyn so that definitely reinforced the the ambiguity there right yeah sure yeah absolutely yeah absolutely and then the other thing i wanted to point out was so i i i was like i really believed him uh i really believed menos um and it took me until they actually found the holographic projector Mm -hmm. that he was projecting in a ship to hide and to hide his biotoxins. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, when that scene happened, I was like, oh man, you really had me. So, yeah, I mean, I, I believed him. Um, I, in, so, I don't know. I guess, um, like you said, a lot of it had to do with he's, he was a really good actor. And, yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. Um, the the other thing being that what, what Archer says at the end, he says humans like don't have the ability to repress, repress our emotions like you do. So exactly. we have to deal with them. And that's actually a really right. interesting. And in, that's a really insightful thing to say. And it, it I almost think, feel like that's the biggest takeaway from this episode is just this like just this um two different two different takes on on dealing with emotions kind of goes back to what we were saying about meditation from last season with the vulcan method of meditating their their method is to repress and i was saying that my experience with meditation is always to actually kind of live in in sort of the physical like uh, feelings and sort of be with them so the opposite of repressing them and actually kind of living with them and kind of hugging them and kind of breathing into them and like kind of taking away their their mystery really is what you're doing yep you know because when it's just this thing behind the curtain, you're you're kind of scared to to look at it and stuff. But right. when you're actually right next to it, it's like it is manageable. Right. Uh, but so I thought that was uh, really interesting there that that Archer picked up on that and, and spelled that out. Like, you know, this is the danger of repressing your stuff. You're really good at doing it, Vulcan, but here's what happens when it bubbles up to the surface. You never dealt with it, and it became this, like, monster that you pushed down. So I thought that was pretty cool. 
What do you think? Yeah. I no, I was um I thought that was um I thought that was an interesting uh I thought that was a really interesting twist and I hope we get to uncover it a little bit more. Mhm. And obviously to Paul and Archer get closer. Yep. Via this uh she says if you ever need someone that you can trust, I'll be there for you. And Archer's appreciative. Um and uh that kind of I don't know. I thought it was going to take a romantic twist there at the end, but it did not. So the funny, so I was thinking about this. So from last, so one night in sickbay, do you think that there was actually, speaking about that, because I wanted to, I want to bring this up. Do you think that Archer did, or it was just Phlox kind of implanting that seed in his head and then it got the captain all thinking about it and then he proceeds to dream about it or do you think that was real um i think i think the point that that they made in the show where i think it was to paul who said we're all like living in close close proximity to each other we're working right, right next to each other it's just my n- bachelor bachelorette it's just na- syndrome it's thing. just natural yeah mm-hmm. and there's something to that and so you know, a lot of times the guy, the captain or the guy in power or girl it, or girl, sorry, that was sexist, um, can be more desirable. So, you know, I think that should have uh, said female, but <laughs> yeah, we're not, we're failing here, buddy. Um, yeah. uh, so, you know, I, I th- maybe traditionally, um the guy the guy or girl and female can be more desirable sometimes and so uh i think it's just it's just natural i'm just is all i'm saying is that like you know like people could be attracted to archer and yeah yeah, so yeah it's the bachelor bachelorette syndrome yeah for sure um so yeah i don't i don't know i i guess i guess uh I guess there was something to it, but not, but not necessarily like, um, it just, a, just in like a really obvious way of like, right. Here's two attractive people who work close together. Right. Cause I'm sure he could have said the same thing to Tucker or Reed or whatever, you know? And, and, th- and then possibly that just like infatuation could grow into something more. Sure. But those are my thoughts. Okay, yeah. No. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Was there anything else to talk about with this one? No. Hey, ha- um, happy th- uh, Picard Day, by the way. Did you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just about to say <laughs> the teaser trailer for Picard Season 2. Did you watch it? Drop today. Yeah, absolutely. I have, I'm excited I, that Q is returning. Hey, I, so I avoided it. I don't even know who Q is. Okay. Um... I, I know it's kind of silly that I avoided it, but I was like, you know what? There's no reason for me to watch this. I know I'm going to watch the show. Uh-huh. All I can do is spoil it. You don't remember Q from your days watching Star Trek The Next Generation? It sounds really familiar, but yeah. uh, I don't know, man. Um, here, let me Google this. Which one is Q? Oh, I, John oh, I remember Q. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember him. The trial never ends. Definitely remember him. Yeah. 
So he was in the teaser, huh? Yeah, well, yeah, well, I mean, Q uh, and Picard have a unique relationship. Uh, okay. Yeah, uh, going back to Encounter at Farpoint, the the pilot episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation, and I'm excited to see him come back to season uh, to into Picard's life. I'm very excited because he basically. So if you think about it, basically, Gene Roddenberry, the atheist, right, or the agnostic created a godlike alien mm-hmm. in Star Trek basically <laughs> <So>. <laughs> which is really interesting and I can't wait to unpack when we get down that road uh, into Star Trek The Next Generation me too man I'm looking forward to it we've got quite a few uh, iterations of the franchise to go but each day brings new life <laughs> But yeah, this is one of those Star Trek episodes where you have to watch it and experience it. I mean, you know, we can't... I don't think we can... You know, I don't think we have to talk about... It's one of those episodes where it's, it's very much driven by the episode itself. And, you know... Because I think we touched on everything, other than, you know the crew and how they had to yeah tucker how they were a little disappointed and not knowing what the heck is going on right and being kept in the dark yeah and then captain tucker slash archer having to lie to the right that was pretty funny (laughs) he had to impersonate archer okay yeah i agree i I feel like we don't need to get into that yeah but yeah no this again the length of this podcast doesn't you know begin to it's one of those episodes where you have to watch it because <laughs> <laughs> it is one of my favorite episodes of the of the of the series so far um do you know why it is is it can you put your finger oh, on it yeah uh it's because of the psychological twists and turns through it you know do you believe menos did she kill did Tapol kill Jason out of cold blood? Mm-hmm. You know, what's going on here? Did did the um did Vulcan this um this spy you know, did the spy arm of the Vulcan government actually brainwash her? You kinda of question that as well. Did she actually, you know, in the beginning, I was like, oh, man, did they brainwash her to suppress these memories? But then you, you figure out that, you know, she says that she went through Falara. Um, but it was just really interesting, the psychological twists and turns, because, you know, it, the the acting was, again, brilliant um, on all parts, mm-hmm. from Jolene Blaylock to to Bruce Davidson, who made, him, uh, who made me believe that, you know, he was an innocent man and that... You know, he no longer wanted to live in this restrictive, high, logical society that is rigid. Mm-hmm. As Palpatine would say, you have to, uh, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, but, you know, you have to embrace all right, mm-hmm. uh, all areas of the Force, not just the dogmatic viewpoints of the Jedi. It's true. So. Very true. That's actually an interesting point. Uh, that you said earlier that there could be 
whole factions who are sort of separating. So that would be really interesting. And it could explain why the Vulcans are not front and center. Because it seems like they're really front and center in this show. And in later ones, maybe they're not so much. Although, I mean, you know, front and center, but yet they've covered up Pajem. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, and then this episode uh, in particular. And then, you know, the way that they've treated... Uh, the 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 that group that tried to separate who no longer followed the logic yeah they found them to be criminal right uh they wanted to you know it was a little blurry with the vulcan ambassador what's her name yeah i remember that yeah mm -hmm. so you know and i'm i'm really i'm yeah i'm really uh getting i'm excited that we're pulling back the layers of vulcan society and culture me too one other thing they are not as uncorruptible as right one would used to believe right but but so but maybe though these events maybe after these events they like clean up their act and they sort sure. of withdraw yeah, sure. and become sure more, sure absolutely yeah. when they become founding members of the federation for sure yeah yeah the other thing that bumped me that i didn't i forgot to say was when yeah um when Menno says, you have no jurisdiction here, I thought that line was a little forced. Um, like, obviously, like, regional governments or local governments, everyone would have an established set of rules and, um, like, if... W Whatever. If you went to Riza, you could get arrested by the mm -hmm, the Ryzen mm -hmm, government. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, but you would have to have the Ryzen government's permission to make an arrest like that. It, okay, so so that's interesting because, to your point, this Moss Eisley kind of bar mm -hmm. connection, I thought that this moon... Was either one protected by the Axanar, who Menos was smuggling for, mm. or that this was kind of like the mm, how should I in the outer reaches of the outer rim territories where it's lawless. But see, I think I think what I'm trying to say is that everything is lawless. Like, like. Ooh, everything is lawless. Yeah, Please because because that. there isn't like a galactic federation. So mm. like if you broke some rule, who would you be accountable to? Like like you could go anywhere and arrest anybody and as long as you got away with it in the moment, if you escaped, there's no there's no repercussion. It's not like the galactic police are going to come get you cuz they don't exist. Sure. And, sure, and it's not sure. like um, the, um, I keep forgetting the name of this place. Per, um, Pernaya? Yeah. It's not like the is, Pernayan government is going to like f follow her to Vulcan and be like, hey, you broke our, our local, um, our local like sort of, you know, jurisdiction by arresting this person on our system. Like, mm -hmm. it's obvious that that wouldn't happen. Like, no one would have the resources to do that. 
except for the Vulcans maybe and the Klingons or whatever. But like, um, right. like it seemed, it just seemed really forced for him to say that. Like, sure. Like, but again, like, who, point, who are you going like, to tell? They would have had to have Pernayan, you know, if this was Pernayan jurisdiction. Yeah, yeah, but usually, but if you go against it, you only have to deal with the Pernayans and clear. Sure, and, oh, and clearly, I see. And clearly, um, they were willing to do that anyway. They wouldn't have been there if they weren't like willing to do that. So it just seemed like a forced line. Like it made sense, but it just seemed like a very like if I was writing a script. Like, that's what I would have written in, because I'm inexperienced. It seemed very, like, cliche. So, I don't know. Sure. Again, unless we're also deducing that there is a Pernayan society, you know, this could just be an uninhabited, lawless, you know, Mm -hmm. moon that they were on, and it just was a haven, you know, again, that Moss Eisley thing, a haven for lawlessness and seediness. Yeah. So, I don't know. It wasn't a big deal. It just bumped me. So, all right, man. Anything else you want to talk about? All right. Uh, no, I think uh, I think we covered it. Cool. Well, everyone, thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Spotify. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, live long and prosper. May the Schwartz be with you. See ya. Bye.